Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. I'm Billy Umbody. With me is Shay Dixon, bringing you a, a, a fall camp edition of the podcast as we really get going on yet another week of fall camp uh, as we cover what is a banged-up group of Tigers. Uh, LSU held its first scrimmage over the weekend on Saturday, and it was Miles Brennan that took the first-team reps with Joe Burrow out with an injury. Uh, Ed Ogeron met with the media afterwards, um, gave a little bit of praise to Miles, said, you know, he's still got a ways to go, but uh, did say that Joe Burrow's injury is really minor at this point. Yeah, and that's what all LSU fans want to hear. I mean, look, they've been in camp a week now. You know how Burrow is. Um, he's gritty, a uh, little sore. There's no reason to push him through. Uh, you know, scrimmage number one, uh, when you've got a few more left, you know he's your returning starter. Uh, I believe that was the case with a number of guys, but um, talking to people around LSU, talking to people in different camps, uh, nobody is batted an eye when saying, look, Burrow's fine. He's going to be back this week. Um, a couple of players we met with on Monday said the same thing. And uh, look, I'll say this. UCF Fiesta Bowl, Burrow gets decleated, is bleeding, and goes back in on the next series and wins the game, and then goes on to ball out and win the game. So I don't think that anything that happened in last week's practice uh, would have been enough to keep him out of a game. Um, an absolute grinder in, in that department, not going to be phased by uh, getting a little nicked up. Um, but look, I'll repeat, just a little sore. He's fine. They said he was going to be back out this week. Believe me, he wanted to play. They just said, look, no reason. We'll put Peter Parrish and Brennan out there, go through the scrimmage number one, and, and take it from there. Yeah, and I, I spoke with Braden Fajoko on Monday, and he goes, oh, that's a game? Joe's out there. He's fine. So if that gives you any indication, uh, look, I mean, they're fine. And it's not something really to worry about. But certainly, I mean, you would like him to be healthy, but gave uh, LSU an opportunity to get Miles Brennan some more reps. Um, he was under a lot of pressure. That defensive line got after him on Saturday. But Miles kind of bounced back, led a couple really good drives late, and supposedly had a good scrimmage for the most part. Yeah, and I think that, you know, when you get tossed in with the ones, uh, you know, on scrimmage number one, which the defense always seems to win. It always seems like that first scrimmage the defense wins. Uh, and with some, you know, even with some guys out, I think that was the case. And, look, Brennan is going to learn a lot this year. I think that playing behind Burrow again is going to allow him to – He's going to get some more reps, hopefully in some garbage time. Um, you know, or at least not the most meaningful snaps, you would say. If they've got games in hand, put him out there. See what he can do because whether we hear good days or bad days from Brennan, none of it matters. He's going to be the starting quarterback in a year. You know he's got an arm. You know he's putting on the weight. You know he's a smart kid. So we're still a year out from when I hear, oh, Miles Brennan had an okay day. I don't, I'm not really worried about it. Tell me that if he didn't look great in a fall camp scrimmage, next fall then maybe I'm like uh-oh okay but right now I think he takes his lumps I think he looks good at times and uh, I think he's still just kind of having a learning experience with it all which is a good thing you don't want your quarterbacks to have to be coming in and playing right away so I like that he's able to have good days bad days whatever it is he's going through sort of the the ebbs and flows of college football and being able to do so as a backup one of the biggest storylines for me last year was that he only played in under four games he saved a whole year. So Brennan's best days are ahead. Um, I'm confident in, in what they've got in him, and I think he's going to be a very good college quarterback whenever his name's called. And look, I, I think, too, I mean, as he continues to get used to the speed of this game, remember he came from Mississippi High School football. He was very, very productive, very accurate. Um, and theoretically, what you'd like to see is that the light will eventually come on. And, and I, 
as he sits and develops, we'll kind of see how that goes. But this is how you want a quarterback to have to go through college. There are very few that are a Trevor Lawrence or a Tua Tungabailoa that can just step in and be on an All-American type level as a, as a true freshman or even just be a really good starter as a true freshman. So having Miles be able to sit, I think it's for the best. And, and look, uh, Joe talking earlier this spring, he was very complimentary of what Miles has done in the offseason and how he's improved his body and, and is just improving overall as a quarterback. No doubt, no doubt. I think that this... I think that Brennan, I think that what we'll see from Brennan in the spring after another full year of playing some, of a lot of practices, of getting number two reps for the second year in a row, he'll, and obviously he'll play more on the field on Saturdays than he did last year. Um, I think that Brennan, and also with Burrow out of the picture, right? When you know it's you now, I, I think he's going to rise to the occasion. I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do in the fourth quarter of some games this year because I do think that those are the kind of moments that'll give him the confidence he needs to, you know, take over when the time is right. Yeah, I think, I mean, you look week one, that would be the, the ideal thing to happen. LSU gets up big on Georgia Southern and is able to move on uh, to Miles Brennan at quarterback in, in, you know, mid third quarter or maybe even into the fourth. But Ed Ogeron's been adamant that Miles Brennan's going to play a lot this year. And look, I, I think when you look at this team, there's right now, there's a, a lot more injuries out there that are far more concerning I think than this one without a doubt but I'm also thinking that we usually hear stuff leak out if it's something real serious right or Orgeron comes out and says look so-and-so is not I mean he said Jamal Pettigrew he said he got re-injured in the summer and he's going to be out for a little bit or at least he said out what did he say how for uh, he, I think he said I don't know how long <laughs> I think that Brooks said indefinitely anyways uh yes yeah, so I don't think Chase on Delpit Fulton those guys I'm not all worried about at all, really. I think that they'll be fine. Word is is that uh, everyone like that, who you're really going to have to rely a lot on, if they're a little nicked up right now, this early into camp, take it easy. And it's it's 150 degrees here mm, every day, hot. and they're hitting now. They're in full pads. So no need to push guys too far when you really need them here in about three or four weeks. I'll tell you this, and this is not like any inside info. This is Ed Orgeron being honest. Where you said Rashard Lawrence isn't 100%. He's mm -hmm. coming off offseason surgery. And conditioning-wise, slash just giving him reps, he said, we're taking time. We've already given him days off. You know, there were times where we didn't, first day of pads, he didn't even go. And they said, no, look, take the day off. So he's probably one that I'm circling because it wasn't a camp injury. He's coming mm -hmm. off of an offseason surgery where a lot like Chase and Hines, you're trying to get back into the swing of things, but you're also not trying to not do it too quickly. You want to be at or near 100%. And look, I think Lawrence has played a lot of his career not at 100%. So he, he'll be out there. But um, he and Chase and Hines are two starters that I look at that had offseason surgery that you want them ready by week one, two. You want them ready by week two because I think both those guys are, are starters for you. I think Chase and Hines is a starter at left guard. We just don't know it right now because he's not in there. Yeah, I'm with you. I like Chase and Hines at left guard. I think he's he has the most upside. I think he's somebody that has shown on a big stage that he can be relied on. And you go back and you watch the, the Auburn game was on uh, the SEC Network, Shay, the other day at, at, at walk-ons. We were having some dinner after uh, going through uh, uh, with Ed Ogeron um, at his, at his uh, media availability after the scrimmage. And that game was on, and we were watching Chase and Hines take on one of the best defensive lines in all of college football and play very, very well. So I think he's, he's a guy at left guard that I like the most. Um, and look, I mean... 
the one player I would say that I'd, I'd like to see out there is, is Caleb on Chasson. I think when you have that whole year off of football, I think the acclimation period back would be more ideal for him. But let's not get it twisted. I mean, he's very talented, very athletic, um, and he'll be ready to go. I think, like you said, Lawrence is one that kind of worries me. But it, And so many fans say, well, I, you know, look at X player, this player sitting out. Are they going to be in condition and ready to go? The amount of work that these guys can do with the training staff to stay in good shape while they're rehabbing or while they're taking care of this injury or that injury is is pretty phenomenal these days. Yeah, yeah. when you go through a whole summer with Tommy Moffitt and that crew in that heat, you've passed your conditioning test, you're coming into fall camp ready. So we mentioned it to Kerry Vincent about Chase on, look, is, it, is this overhyped? I mean, he played a little, right? He came out as a five-star and he played some as a freshman and then he didn't play at all as a sophomore. It's, are we building this up too much? And he laughed and he said, no, look, when you see him on the field, you're going to see him better than he ever was. Uh, and I guess when he said when you're going to see, he meant game one. He said, when you see him against Georgia Southern, you are going to be impressed. So I don't think we're worried, you know, too much about any of these guys who are a little banged up in camp. Like I said, I would just circle a couple guys in the trenches, Lawrence and Hines, as guys who just monitor knowing that they've just got to get through back to 100% from having off-season surgery, which is tough to do. No question. And one thing, though, that it's allowed is some other players to step up and, and you know, get more reps, stand out. And on the other side of this break, we're going to talk about just that as LSU wrapped up its first scrimmage on Saturday. We'll go through some takeaways on some of the standouts, some big plays that Ed Ogeron shared with us, some other tidbits that we picked up as well, and talk about that on the other side of the break. We'll be right back with the Go 24-7 podcast right after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski. Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast, rolling on here as we uh, recap what was a kind of eventful spring or uh, first scrimmage of fall camp. LSU had probably a, a little bit rougher day offensively than they thought they were going to have the way that they were rolling during the week from what all the players told us. But two standouts from really the week and the scrimmage that I think we need to highlight right off the bat, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, and, and the hype has been kind of starting to come about Chase and Marshall being back to the, you know, what we saw as five-star prospects coming out of high school. But both Justin and, and Jamar really put on a show uh, in the week for Justin and then on Saturday for Jamar. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of praise after some of these practices. Even when they put on pads, Orgeron said Justin Jefferson's just killing it. And not a surprise, right? We saw that last year. He was their number one receiver. He and Burrow have a really great rapport and connection. So... 
Uh, not shocked with that one. And then in the scrimmage, they said Jamar Chase just absolutely went off um, playing with Miles Brennan. He had a deep ball. They tweeted it out where uh, he had a touchdown. I thought that was um, good to see him getting involved. How many times last year did he almost score a touchdown? Yes, and then he got yes. hacked, but, sit, but I think he's in for a big year. You mentioned Marshall making a turn. But it's good when you know you have a 10, 8, 10 really good receivers on this team. Everybody back minus Jonathan Giles who transferred to hear that you're kind of number one and two guys have been really great over the start of fall camp, that your number three guy, Marshall, had maybe the best summer of the group in terms of making up ground to, to catch up to where they are. Uh, you feel good about the passing game. It's probably a reason that they've started to feel a little bit better about what they can do with the passing game as they know they've got three guys, at least in the front, that they can really rely on. And, I mean, for me, talking with Justin over the, the weekend, I mean, he was somebody that was, was very much... Uh, confident in what both Jamar and Terrace are bringing to the table this fall. Um, and, and he should be a confident guy, and he is. He said, look, we feel like we're one of the best receiving cores in the country. We feel like this offense with the up-tempo nature that it's going in is going to be able to produce. It's going to be able to really stand out in that regard. And, and it's not only just the wide receivers. I mean, they're getting Clyde edwards elayer involved in the passing game and all these running backs in the passing game. But Clyde, he's been on a tear. Yeah, I think we came into camp waiting to hear about John Emery and Ty Davis-Price and what was Chris Curry going to do. Leonard Fournette's back as a senior. And I think a lot of people sort of overlook Clyde and say, well, he was a backup to Nick Brissett last year, and he'd been a backup to Geis in high school. And look, he is one of the more versatile kids they have on his team. He'll get knocked for his size, but not his weight. I mean, he is a he will bowl you over absolutely. But they've, we've heard of a lot of this Alvin Kamara type stuff. I think what they mean by that is just getting him involved in different ways, throwing him the football out of the backfield. Uh, Clyde seems really receptive to it, but uh, it's been interesting to hear, and they've given praise to all the running backs, but Orgeron has said almost matter-of-factly, like, let me remind y'all, Clyde has had maybe the best camp of anybody here. So good news for Clyde, who, when you've got the number one and six running back in the country coming in behind you and Clyde didn't start last year. Nick did. It became right. Nick's show, and Clyde was sort of the backup. I think he had 100 and something carries, but still, he has, to me, cemented his spot as the starter until, you know, I think it'll take on-field performances during games for something to change that. Yeah, and I think he could just even be the starter, and if it, if it ends up... Play. Right, and if it ends up being a, a more committee approach, which I think they will take to a degree, but, I mean, gosh, Clyde, just his ability to cut his vision... He's got all the measurables to be a, an all-SEC type running back. I think he does. And now, look, you've got two. Ty Davis-Price, he can run for as big as he is, but he's also going to be the type that can get in between the tackles and, and really hit you. And Emery's a home run threat. I mean, we saw it in high school. Each time Emery touches the ball, he has a chance to you know take it the distance. I don't think they had that on the roster a year ago. So I think this group sort of complements each other well. I'm, I'm anxious, or not anxious, interested um, to see how the touches shake out, let's say after the first month of the year, um, you know what what is sort of the chain of command? Because I get the sense that maybe three guys are going to be heavily utilized in this backfield. Yeah, and look, it just speaks to again the the versatility that this offense wants its players to have. I mean, from the running backs catching the ball to getting you know Jamar and Terrace involved with with uh, Justin Jefferson and and all of that. Um, it's just going to be something that we watch, and you know, it goes all the way to Stephon Sullivan being a, a, a pass-catching threat as a tight end. But kind of flipping over to the defensive side of the ball, two guys that 
I really think we need to touch on because in a way, uh, the hype around you know that green team, that pass rush team, is getting a lot of that fall camp attention. But I think the arguably the one of the biggest additions to this defense has been Apu Ika and a slimmer, kind of more in, in shape Tyler Shelvin. What those two guys in the middle are going to allow the defense to do, and look whether they go more four man front and bring in this guy or that guy and have them off the field. But when they're in their base and they have those two guys eating up space, I, I think it's a, it's a big, big deal for LSU. Huge. And look, I'll keep this short and sweet. Both those guys are going to play a ton this year. But the fact that had they not signed up Huayka, they would have had to really change completely what they wanted to do on the defensive line. I think now you get to have him and Shelvin coming in equal reps. Both look good. Both lost weight. Apu might, might wind up starting, but both are going to play. So you feel really good about the nose tackle spot uh, after signing Ika and then seeing the sort of shape he came in out of the summer. And um, those two are a load in the middle, and you can just rotate them in and out and then move in this green team, do different things. But uh, I think Ika will be one of the bigger signees they've had just for that reason, the fact that you don't have to rely on only Tyler Shelvin as a pure nose tackle. And they've emerged you know, over the over the the spring and into the summer as, as legit options to contribute, which is, you know, a testament to Ed Ogeron taking those guys and, and Dennis Johnson too, when he was out there on the field, taking those guys and letting them know that their role is going to be a big one. And they, they have this opportunity in front of them to, to take on that big role. And they're doing that. And um, another guy that's getting more and more opportunities in fall camp. And I, I don't know necessarily that he'll start with just how much depth there is a middle linebacker, but Ed Ogeron was heaping the praise on Damone Clark on Saturday. Yeah, and Damone Clark's a really smart kid. He's huge. He can run. He can hit. Um, likes to be physical. I think this one is, is much like nose tackle for me. It's easy to give you the rundown quickly. I think that Phillips and, De and Devin White, I think Phillips and Divinity will probably start. Mm -hmm. But I think Queen and Damone Clark are going to play a lot. And I think that you've got four guys at middle linebacker you can trust. We'll see what Baskerville and some others do. But... I think it's evident right now that they feel really good about that whole group, and um, that's good news. Look, guys get banged up or, or whatever it might be. We saw You get ejected for targeting or whatever. Well, now you need someone to step up. The fact that Clark has looked good in addition to Queen and Phillips and obviously Divinity moving there, um, you feel really good about the middle linebacker spot. And finally, somebody coming off of a you know recovery from injury had a big, big play on in Saturday's scrimmage that we heard about, and a lot of the players talked up a as Braden Foco, he, he picked off a, a pitch on on a play. You got to be pretty quick to do that. You do. I think that uh, we we could sum it up well, but there's a better person who, who was actually there. Yeah, Michael Divinity had a really good view of this one, and uh, he spoke with reporters on on Monday and and shared uh, his view of how uh, Miles Brennan ran down uh, Braden Fajoko as uh, he got caught from behind after this uh, fumble recovery. Much, how much grief did you guys give Braden for letting uh, Miles chase him down when he picked up that fumble on Saturday? Oh my God! Uh, he he got he had a little twenty yard burst. He was done. His engine blew out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when he it was crazy though, because one minute we saw Miles just pitch it, and then Braden just took off, and we looked, and he took off running. So we running behind him, and we like go go go, and all of a sudden Miles Brennan, our quarterback, caught him, and we was like, oh bro, no, you can't do this. Uh, he was laid out. He was tired. He was very tired. You can tell it because he started holding the ball like this and running like that. So it was very funny. Um, it was an amazing moment. Um, it was enjoyable for the defense. Got our, got our energy up. 
Um, just him getting that turnover was very funny. Nobody, nobody would, was able to catch Miles and shield him off, or. Oh no, because like Braden took off, like literally, he had like a twenty yard burst and like engine shut down, like literally. <laughs> All you saw on film, you just saw him took off and then he just shut down. Yeah, it was funny. It like Miles just put him in reverse. So pretty funny stuff there from Divinity. I mean, engine shutting down is about as funny of a way as you could put it. Because uh, he had a good he had a good head start, but uh, he the big boy just couldn't take it. And I liked Fajoko's quote. He says, "Okay, well, I mean, I get yelled at if I hit Brennan, but he gets to hit me. Whatever, you yeah, know. Yeah, doesn't sound fair, but whatever. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's just uh, sometimes the quarterbacks. You know, they uh, being a former quarterback, I didn't I didn't want to be touched too much when we were going through team stuff. You know, just in practice, but. If I threw a pick or something like that, man, I'd, I'd sure want to go and, and tackle that guy who ever tried and picked it off. It um, it was uh, I thought that was probably the highlight of the scrimmage. Uh, it, yeah. In terms of the stories the players told, that would have been the best one. And look, let's wrap up. This is probably the best news of the podcast. LSU's got a kicker that they like. Yeah, a freshman, Cade York, out of Texas. He seems like he has taken that starting kicking job and just just has it. And, and it's not really a question anymore when – Sometimes you, when you have a freshman kicker come in, and especially one as hyped up as he was with a veteran on the roster still, there was a chance that maybe it, it wouldn't be that big of a slam dunk. But Ed Ogeron says otherwise, it sounds like. Yeah, he had a really good uh, first scrimmage, they said, kicking in Tiger Stadium. It's always different when the lights come on. We know that. But it seems like that's probably the best point. There was never any – Connor Culp's kicked before. He started at LSU. Exactly. And the fact that it never became a debate as to who was going to win the job speaks from Cade York. Kids on the team said he looks legit. Uh, and that's huge. And life after Cole Tracy, you needed someone to come through for you. It seems like Greg McMahon signed a big one. And look, the great thing for Cade, too, is that he can just handle the place-kicking duties. He's, you've got Avery Atkins, who's a total weapon back there, uh, doing the kickoffs and kicking him back in the end zone. But Cade's going to be a big part, I think, in terms of um, certainly kind of how LSU handles field position. He's made... Uh, a 59 yarder, right? In in high school, yeah. I mean, just has a and and did you know made another one in the uh, all American game. all American game too. So, anyway, Cade York looking like uh, a veteran at least in in camp setting. We'll see how the lights come on, but really good news there for LSU as we wrap up uh, this edition of the podcast. Shay, it was a good one. It was a good one. Be sure to look. We're going to do a lot more on fall camp and into uh, prep for Georgia Southern and keep the pot rolling all season. So follow like subscribe, five-star us, all that. Yeah, do all those things. And stay tuned because uh, LSU has two potential commitments mm -hmm. later in the week, two announcements coming in B.J. Ojolari out of Marietta announcing on Friday night. And then Coy Moore, the Archbishop Rummel wide receiver, announcing on Saturday. We'll see if it's LSU for both. A lot of, a lot of buzz around the Tigers, but can they get it done? We'll certainly find out. I'm, uh, yep, be tuned to go 24-7. We'll have plenty of coverage. Thanks for listening, guys, and have a great rest of the week.